Hey, welcome back, Slingers. Uh, this week we're talking to Heath Armstrong. He's going to tell us all about going from face down, pants down alcoholic to author and entrepreneur. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Coming up next. Hey, how you doing on money? I know it's a touchy subject, but uh, I got something that may help you out. See, I'm using an app called Acorns. and It helps me manage some investing, uh, put some money back, get a little interest. It's kind of nice to watch my money grow. So I want to share that with you. Go to kevintumlinson.com slash acorns and you'll get some free money. See you there. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tumlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first Wordslinger podcast episode of 2020. We're in the roaring 20s. Uh, we made it. <laughs> we made it out of the aughts and teens and into the 20s. Now, I don't want to hear any of this guff about um, the decade doesn't start until 20, you know, what is it, tw- uh, 2021 or whatever. That's ridiculous. Come on. It's, it's 2020. We're in the 20s. All right. So um, keep your comments to yourself. <laughs> I hope everybody had a wonderful uh, holiday season and a wonderful new year. Um, I want to start by, this is my, um, this is, I've, I've announced this on social media in a couple of places, uh, but I wanted to put something here, kind of like a memorial. Um, my dad uh, passed away on the uh, last day of the year on New Year's Eve. Um and, you know, he had dealt with uh, lung cancer. He'd, he'd been ill for a while. The thing about it is, I, when he adopted me and my brother, so that I get my Tumlinson name from this man, Cecil Tumlinson. Um, he adopted me when I was four years old. And uh, they stayed together until I was 14, so 10 years. Um, we When we parted ways, you know, he sat with me. I was the last one to leave the home. <laughs> I was the last one to. My mom and my brother uh, went to to uh, my grandparents' home, which was just across the way, a block or block or so away, across the pasture from where we lived. Honestly, um, they had gone. I was going to ride my bike over. Cecil sat me down and said, uh, "I know we never got along." <laughs> Those words shattered me because I had no idea that we hadn't gotten along. Uh, but as it turned out, we, we had, you know, in his opinion and in a lot of people's opinion, we had very little in common. Um, and maybe it's because of that, that for the next 30 some odd years, we were estranged. We had barely any contact, no, no real phone calls, no visits. Um, there was a lot that happened in there, um, that created hurt and created division and kept us from having a relationship with each other. And then, just before Christmas, a couple of days before Christmas, um, he and I had a chance to sit and chat in his hospital room uh, at the VA hospital, because he, he was a veteran, served proudly in Vietnam, and uh, 
we had a chance to talk. We had a chance to say what we needed to say. He was being very honest there at the end. He was always an honest man, actually. Um, but I had a chance to tell him that there was nothing to apologize for, nothing, no grudges held. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not going to say no regrets because I do regret that we didn't have a relationship for all those years. Um, so anyway, that said, and I don't mean to bum you out, but there's a point. And I wanted to make it before we get into the interview, because <laughs> the interview is a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, should should perk you up, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to say I wanted to say this because I wanted to make this statement: whatever is keeping you from that someone in your life that you loved once, maybe you still love them, but you're not communicating. Maybe they're holding a grudge against you. Maybe you're holding a grudge against them. Um, do everything you can to make that relationship right. And I mean everything. <laughs> Go all the way. Don't wait for someone to meet you halfway. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they're just not able to. So this is your opportunity. This is the one. This is the one you get. Go out. Connect. Say you love them. Do whatever you got to do. If they reject you, they reject you. If they yell at you, hate you, curse your name, that's fine. <laughs> it, it may hurt, but, uh, but the point here is don't miss the opportunity to say to them what you need to say to them because it can all end any time. And with that, <laughs> again, I am not, um, I'm sad at the loss of my of my dad and I am uh, a little regretful but I also feel incredibly blessed that I had the opportunity to say goodbye to make things clear make things square as I put it in the social post uh and when he went we were good so okay now let's hop in uh let's 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 turn things up a little <laughs> and go upbeat and Heath, if you're listening, I apologize for uh introing uh your video or your uh podcast quite this way, but uh, I hope you understand but I had the chance to chat with Heath. this was way back in June actually, so I'm glad I'm getting to to uh run this now uh I had a chance to chat with Heath about everything uh he's worked on. Uh, he's the co-founder of Rage Create. Um, he has the Never Stop Peaking podcast. He's you know he's got all these cool things going on. We're going to talk about a lot of this. So this was a fun interview, and uh, Heath is a very inspirational guy. So I hope you take something uh, inspirational from this and run right into 2020, the Roaring Twenties, uh, feeling fully inspired, uh, feeling <laughs> educated and entertained. Uh, informed, all the things that are part of my little uh, mantra. And uh, without further ado, let's jump in and hear what Heath has to say about how he went from, as he puts it, a face-down, pants-down alcoholic to an author and entrepreneur. So stick around the other side, and I'll see you there. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another Wordslinger podcast interview. Uh, I know we got the whole solo show now, but I, I actually kind of dig the interviews because it gives me a chance to talk to people like our guest today, uh, Heath Armstrong. He is a creative writer. He's the co-founder of Rage Create. 
Uh, he's the creator of the Sweet Ass Journal to develop your happiness muscle in 100 days. Uh, everyone needs to develop that muscle, man. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thanks for, thanks for being on, Heath. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's fun to see you and interact with you. <laughs> you too. Uh, you've got a whole podcast uh, thing going yourself with the Never, Never Stop Peaking podcast. Peaking P E A K, not P E E K. Never <laughs> it can have. It can have a very dirty uh, you know, pickup on that. Sometimes people are like, "What is that? What is that necessarily about?" You like interview? Yeah, it ju- it does drive uh, things in a different direction. Like and now, yeah. I want to start the Never Stop Peaking podcast. <laughs> it's like this voyeuristic podcast where I just I'm quietly whispering in the bushes outside of people's right. windows. <laughs> You can apply it to so many things in life though, man, like personal optimization. I'm a mind strength junkie and I like to do mountaineering and, and rock climbing and stuff. And I realized from, you know, being an ex-alcoholic and working in the concrete industry for so many years that when I started figuring out that just developing your, your habits that are around your happiness, that, that really is the foundation for everything else. And it is kind of a, a game to just never stop peaking, like keep going up, you know, and just right. love it and live it. So My wife better. and I, we were having a conversation just before this call about, because um, this, this is something that comes up a lot. You've, you've heard this, I know, because you, you study some of the same folks I do. Um, but this idea that, you know, it's not the goal, it's not achieving your goal that leads to success. It's that journey to achieving the goal. That's why so many people get to, like they say, I want to, you know, I want to start this business and I want to make $10 million. And then when they hit that, they become depressed. Yeah. <laughs> hedonic adaptation man yeah it's yeah crazy. exactly so I, you are uh like i said you're studying a lot of the same folks i am so you're kind of uh, tell me a little bit about um the sweet ass journal and and the stuff that's associated with that what's what's going on there yeah the sweet ass journal is it's kind of an interesting situation and even there's a lot of honorary quarter influence in that too which we had talked about pre-show yeah, she's, she was a, a big staple for me early on. Um, yeah, so like 2011, I was working and I, and I worked in the concrete construction industry for a long time. And I basically, to not take this massive long story and make it really long because I can easily do that. Um, I woke up, I had a rock bottom moment where I woke up face down on my garage floor with my pants actually down a little bit, um, a bloody nose, a bottle of liquor in my hand and and just... I didn't have the strength to get up to go to the front yard where my car was still parked and it was still running. Oh, and I had man. no recollection of the past, like, I don't even know, 24, 30 hours. Um, and I pulled myself inside and, and like, I realized that if I didn't make changes that something drastic was going to happen. And a couple years before that, 2008, the end of 2008, early 2009 ish, I had met this guy on a plane who was being extradited from Rwanda um, which you should talk to on your show because he's amazing. By the way, I'm still really good friends with him. He was imprisoned in Rwanda for four months for fighting for, ge- fighting for gender equality. His name's Jared Gaza. He has an amazing podcast um, called Noetic. And Jared just asked me the, this one question that changed my thought process before the rock bottom moments. And, and it was kind of like why I started teetering down to this depression state because I knew I wasn't in alignment with it. He just said, like, where are you going? And I was like, Oh, I'm going to like interview to work on this oil rigger in the golf or something. And he was like, Oh yeah, you love that. And I was like, no, I mean, this guy was covered in tattoos <laughs> and stuff like ass because he'd been, you know, who, who knows what he had been through in this prison in Rwanda. Right. And he, he scared me. Like he scared my, everything about me was scared of this guy. He was like, well then 
why are you doing it? You know, and, and he sent me a copy of his father's book. His father ends up being Dan Miller, who is a huge podcaster. Yeah. Dude, it's so, such a small world, weird thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His father ends up being Dan Miller. He sends me no more Mondays back when he puts that out. I start thinking like, oh my God, every single Friday, I'm like, I'm so happy. And then on Monday, I feel like I want to jump off a bridge because I, and then I just start wishing my time away, trying to get Saturday to come here. I'm like, I'm wishing away my weeks. I'm wishing away yeah. my life. I'm wishing yeah. away my family and my friends. This is insane. And I, and I became very depressed because I knew I couldn't, I, w I wasn't able to figure out how to stop myself from doing it. And then I had the rock bottom moment. And then through two, about, so 2014, three more years after that of struggling with alcoholism, I had another really bad rock bottom moment, very similar to the one in 2011. But over those years, I kept getting these flashes back of Jared and what he was telling me. Yeah. And then I had, um, I just had a, a, an experience where I like came out of the rock bottom moment and was like, I'm just going to reach out and ask for help. And I did that to a girl named Amber, Lud Amber Ludwig, who is now Amber Vilhauer. She runs um, No Guts, No Glory Enterprises, does a lot of like book marketing and stuff. She's amazing. And she just like called me and was like, changed my mindset on everything. She was like, dude, people do care. Like you can make changes. Here's what you need to do. And she introduced me to two people. <laughs> Another small world thing. She introduced me to a guy named Hal Elrod who wrote the Miracle Hal. Morning. Hal, yeah, Miracle Morning, yeah. <laughs> And of course, that's how I found Honoré. <laughs> yeah. And she introduced me to a guy named Paul Kemp who used to run a big podcast called The App Guy, which I don't think he does anymore. Mm -hmm. Paul took me under his wing and taught me how to podcast and start interviewing people so that I could figure out what they were doing to become successful and then apply it to my life and then make a transition myself. So I started doing that through my old podcast, which was called uh, The Entrepreneur Now. And it, it was kind of branded wrong, but it was The Artsy Now Show. And through that system of interviews, I was just like pulling in all this information from, I mean, people like um, Amber and, and Honoré. Honoré was on that show, like Hal was on that show. There was a lot of people that I was learning these like, just these daily routines, you know, like these very simple things that revolve around happiness and gratitude. Yeah. Um, paying attention to things that matter. What is it, what kind of effect does having a gift have on you scientifically? And just like, how does it make you feel, you know? Um, and, and this system became a series where I had like these six different journals laying around basically. And I was just like filling them all out every day and tracking and making all this progress where I eventually yeah. was able to quit my job. And I created an e-commerce business where I did, um, I had a six figure month within four months of starting that, which was insane. And, and that was all Amazon, like kind of resale based. Yeah. And, and I was able to leave my job, but then I went back to the system of journals because my, my black lab actually went down in the basement and peed all over them. And I was like, Oh, I can't use them anymore. And my, <laughs> my coach at the time was like, you know, that, that means that you should just put them into a system that other people can use. And I was like, well, why would anyone want to do that? And then I realized like, wow, maybe that is something people could use. And so I just made this very simple mosaic style journal that walks people through 100 days of, of, you know, sustaining these habits that are evolved around happiness. And yeah. it, it includes all sorts of things that you've probably hit on this show several times. So what you're telling me right now is that anybody who uh, has used your stuff and had some, and had some breakthrough moment has dog pee to thank for all. <laughs> yes, dude. And I may actually made the dedication of the journal to Arlo because of his moments. I remember it specifically. A dog never went in the house and I had to look yeah. at it like, this is a universal sign because 
yeah, I got to do something with this now. I'm not going to create six new ones. I'm just going to put it into one system. And it's been brilliant, man. It's been cool seeing, you know, people, people contact and tag me every single day between that and the affirmation deck about how it's helping them. And yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science stuff. It's all very simple stuff about setting a vision over 100 days, like Honoré taught me, and then doing two things per day to move towards it while wrapping that all in a big hug of things that develop your happiness at the same time. So it's, right. it's, right. it's very, very direct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, this is the kind of stuff. So that, I mean, I, I had already been looking into a lot of this before I met Honoré. Uh, I'm, and then I met her at a conference and she, she basically out of that conference, she decided to build the whole prosperity for writers thing that she was doing. Um, and I immediately signed up to be a part of that. You know, I mean, I was already kind of, that was already a mindset thing for me anyway, but I'm like, this is an opportunity to hang out with a bunch of writers who are working on their mindset. This is, this is brilliant. Like I'm in. So she, she was great. She's been a great influence. Um, it's so direct and authentic. And yeah. it makes all the difference in the world and in, in, in a marketing world where it's hard to find it, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, she did a lot of things just like pointed me in directions that I, I'm forever grateful for. And, and she's a beast to watch just like push how she pushes this content out. And it's amazing. It's always right. good. And it's always, it's always kind of like easy, you know, it's, it's quick and easy and, and applicable to any situation. So yeah. it's nice. Excellent. Yeah. So what about the deck? Uh, it's an affirmation deck. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. So I randomly I, deal one out or what? In a way there's, there's so many different ways you can use them. And I'm, I'm actually learning a lot from the people that act, that buy them. You know, we did a yeah. Kickstarter to launch that project, but the premise was I am a little bit unfiltered and I've used affirmation decks out there before, but they're very just, you know, woo woo. Like they're very, you know, I'm a butterfly and everything's happy and, that, and that's cool. But <laughs> In reality, like I worked in, in construction in Kentucky forever. And like I, my purpose on this earth is to help activate other people to understand that they have more power than they think and then right. allow them to move into that. And I was looking at like the people around me, like, you know, I couldn't give them this affirmation deck over here because they're going to be like, what the, f like, this is, this isn't, this is ridiculous. Right. This dog shit, this doesn't work. Um, and then I, as I was learning how to find my voice through a lot of Honoré's teachings, I realized like there really were not any affirmation cards out there that just had like a, a lot of wit and a little bit of profanity and sassiness and just like real authentic lifestyle stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to create like a deck of cards where basically the front is an affirmation and the back is kind of like this big burst of motivation on that same subject to try to get somebody's um, Heine and gear a little bit more because I really do think that we're built with all of the motivation we ever need when we're born. And yeah. we have these layers that are stacked upon us from, you know, marketing or whatever we get involved with that just kind of um, makes us think a certain way. But really we don't need any more motivation. What we need is just to break our habit of hesitation. So then I was like, well, how do I make somebody think differently in just a couple seconds? Like how do I, how do I help them make a decision quicker to move towards, you know, to get in alignment with that intuition and move towards that person that they should be becoming as opposed to procrastinating and, you know, getting beat down by the resistance gremlins and, and, and falling down a rabbit hole of conformity that doesn't get them in alignment with that. Right. And so I started, I was like, I have all these different ideas from putting affirmations on toilet paper and all these other areas uh -huh. that you're not likely to see them so that it's just like kind of like an, Oh, 
reminder, like, oh, I'm gonna have to use the restroom. Oh, that's a reminder. Um, but the first step for me was to put them in a deck of cards that people could kind of like hide everywhere, hand mm-hmm. out. Uh, and it's been a fantastic, it's been the coolest project ever, dude, because like, I'm just getting tagged constantly with these cards and they're so different from other affirmation cards that people are like really gravitating to them and sharing them. And it's opened up like a whole world of opportunity. And then we were able to go and make a cool video for it, which was the first video type of thing I've ever been involved with, which I love with. Um, So I was asking about your camera earlier because I'm like really interested in. (laughs) I have uh, a camera. So there's two things I'm obsessed with and spend a ton of money on cameras and keyboards. And I have a, a hundred of each uh, in, in every description. So, so you're the guy. They're very important to me. I'm gonna be <laughs> trying to trying to get through your your wall so I can Dude, get your do it, man. You we maybe we should build a uh, a. You gave me an inspiration now for a uh, an affirmation cards against humanity kind of game. A game, yeah. We can pull it together, yeah, we, dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I've, I've been trying to figure out like mood maps to use with my cards and stuff because there are ways to do it. But th- there's a, a couple different audiences that are gravitating towards it. And, and one of them is actually like the, the tarot audience. Like yeah. they're using this kind of like an intuitive way to draw cards yeah. and experience. And I've seen some really weird synchronistic things happen with people who draw these cards too. So that's it's just like, there's something that's dialed into it that's beyond me, man. And you it's know, like, I just, I have cool. this philosophy that, you know, there, I'm a big believer in there being a power greater than us out there and that we are able to tap into that. And uh, I, I feel like when you go look, it's that seeking you will find, you know, knocking the door will be open to you, scriptural kind of yeah. thing. But it's when you start applying the, this, this concept of like uh, law of attraction and that, and, you know, go in that direction when you start looking for answers, you know, they'll come to you, that synchronicity idea. Uh, so I think that's that to me, that's how that works. Like it's very real. you've created so something. Real. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I want to talk about the practical aspects though, what you did there. Cause you, you created this, this card deck. What, what was the, how did you, how did this come about? Like, did you go find someone who makes this sort of thing? And like, <laughs> I'm always interested in the mechanics of that, yeah. of that sort of thing. So the deck was interesting. I was sitting in Portland um, with my my friend who I did a lot of online Amazon stuff with, and I was like, "Man, you know, you know, reselling sports and outdoor gear and stuff is cool, but mm-hmm. like, I really like writing." And the journal had been out at this time, and I was starting to see the effects that I could actually have on people to make better versions of their lives, and I fell in yeah. love with. It. And I was like, "I've always wanted to make an affirmation deck that's just like you know real. It's real stuff that like can actually apply things and." And he was like, well, let's just do it right now. And I was like, what? he's like, <laughs> nice. let's just like, let's just write some stuff out. And I was like, and that's, that's all it ever is. Right. It's like action. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. have all the ideas you want, but until you take action, you're never going to connect those dots. Exactly. So yeah. as soon as you take action, you're affirming to the universe that you really care about it. And then all these things start trickling into your life to help you bring it to, to reality. If you notice them and if you stay true to them, because there's always going to be distractions and gremlins that try to stop you too. But we sketched out the first 20 of the cards, the front sayings, basically, on a piece of paper. I still have it. I actually think I posted it on the Kickstarter um, when we did the Kickstarter last year. Yeah. Because I went to the Philippines, and I had a lot of my team members are in the Philippines, and I, I sat with them, and we created this whole plan. And it was cool to go through those old versions. And, yeah, we sketched it out, had no idea how to manufacture anything, 
had no idea how to make decks or to sell decks, had no idea how to do a Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, but just like anything else, you just start kind of reaching out and telling people what you want to do and, and asking them about, about it. Like I was always the person before that was scared to say, Hey, this guy did a successful Kickstarter. Why would he want to talk to me? You know, but right. then I learned very quickly through podcasting that people really do want to talk to you. They really do want to share. Like when someone yeah. comes to me, I really do want to share uh, creative solutions with them. And, and I'm not looking for anything in return, you know? And so, yeah, I started interviewing people that had done Kickstarters to figure that stuff out. Started putting the team together around it. Um, and then I just continued writing these cards and it was actually pretty tough. Cause when I start two months after I started my, uh, I was like all in like ready to go. And then I, Basically, April 13th, 2017, I woke up and Amazon froze my account for an expired credit card, but it took me a month to figure out. And I lost like all of the money I had built up. I oh, lost 20 man. grand. I had to lay off all these employees. The same exact day, my dog, the love of my life, died from an unexpected tumor and my grandfather died and I had to fly to Ohio. So I'm like in this position where I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Like, everything's just gone that I just spent, you know, I just left my job a year ago and finally got to this point. And now what am I going to do? And, but it actually ended up being the best thing ever, man, because all of that emotion, it, it went straight into my creativity. Like I could yeah. have used that to go back to drinking or to like go back to doing something that was completely unproductive or spread mm -hmm. negativity throughout the world. But I didn't, I went and I sat down and I just felt that pain and those feelings. And I put each one of those experiences into a card. Yeah. And then that card really turned into what it is. Um, and then over that next, you know, 2000, so that was 2017, 2018 was actually when I went to the Philippines and put the team together. It takes time to do these things. And yeah. we launched the Kickstarter. Um, I found a manufacturer just by asking, man, I don't, Oh, some random person just like heard me talking, I think, and then tipped me off on somebody that they knew who made cards, like playing yeah. cards. Isn't that funny? Air manufacturer. Yeah. It all, it all just trickles. Random in. person. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, what did you say? Oh, I know somebody who makes playing cards. Like, right. Who do they from? It is, no one's going to come to you and just tell you something. You have to ask questions. You have to tell the universe what you want. And so, I did all that. We ran the Kickstarter, not really, you know, I'm good at marketing, but I'm not the best at marketing. And right. I never really know how things are going to go, but I pushed the best that I had. And yeah, we were able to raise 10 grand, get about 2000 decks printed and kickstart that thing, man. And it's just like, ever since then, the battle has been trying to learn how to actually build a real brand out. Yeah. And I sell them really well on Amazon because people are like searching for affirmation cards and we rank on the first page if you type affirmations. Right. right. Um, That's cool. But, but other than that, like trying to run it through like funnels outside on our own website, it's very, very hard. And I'm still, still in the middle of that. And I, I kind of look at it, you know, I want to reach as many people as possible because I know that if they hold these cards, it's going to change their mindset. If they hide these around their place, they're going to have a bad day and then they're going to pick one up and be like, Oh, you're right. Like, let me switch my motivation back to the positive side. Um, and it makes a big difference. It, it creates a giant spider web of positivity. It's not necessarily about the money to me, but at the same time, you know, money is an energy, right? We can do more of it, more amazing things if we have it. And so I don't sit, I don't sit and think like, Oh, I don't need money or I don't want money. Like money doesn't mean anything. Cause that's not true either. Mm -hmm. I really do bring in the law of attraction for abundance in that. 
Number one, abundance experience in, in life, I believe is the greatest thing that you can have abundance of. Number two, definitely monetary gain because well, it leads to everything else. Uh, yeah. It empowers you to be able to have those experiences or to, you know, to have all those things that you, Oh dude, it's an energy. Really yeah. 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 If you're, if you're a big hearted philanthropist who likes to do things to change the world, then money allows you to do that on a bigger scale. If you're an asshole who likes to rev your diesel truck, peeling out of strip club parking lots, you know, <laughs> it's just going to allow you to buy a nicer truck to rev and peel out of more expensive strip Bit, clubs, like better nothing. strip clubs. Yeah, you know exactly, man. Saying? Yeah. It's called cash <laughs> flow, right? Like, uh, <laughs> right. True. That's a good <laughs> way to look that, at it. That, uh, I had never actually thought of it that way. So you've, yeah. you've enlightened me in this, uh, in this conversation. So now wait till I tell my wife that she's going to blow her freaking mind. And then I'm going to say cash flow and she's going to be like, no. cash flow. I'm going to have to go back and mon <laughs> like, like modify it so I can put that on the end. There you go. There you go. That's my gift to you, man. Mine. It's interesting. Like that type of thing, just using these, these, um, like life things, bringing them into an affirmation. It does make, it just changed the way you think about it. Like yeah. people in Kentucky, it was like, how do you bridge the gap? And there's nothing wrong with being in Kentucky. It was just, I was in Eastern Kentucky and it's very hard to bring this type of industry into it. It was like, how do you, how do you tell someone that this affirmation actually works? Like you have to bring some kind of like humor into it. That's in their language. Right. So I yeah. figured out how to do that. And then I started seeing them being like, Oh, that was really funny. Well, now what does that actually mean? You no, know that reminds me of that's deep, you know, <laughs> that reminds me of, cause I've had, I had someone on the uh, show uh, years ago who was talking about uh, of all things, trend uh, translations. Right. And she was talking about localization, which is this idea of, you know, you're not just translating something into a different language. You want to make sure it fits the region that that book's going to be in. Like, if you, whatever the colloquialisms are, that sort of thing. That's what that kind of reminds me of is you're, you are, you're localizing this information to fit that specific region, that group of people. Cause wherever right. we are, man, it changes how we perceive the world around us. Cause the, you know, the industries so that are there and all that stuff. And just like, there's so many people out there that use affirmations and understand, yeah. but then there's, a lot more people that don't because they yeah. think it's just kind of like the secret stuff. Like it doesn't really work, but when yeah. you do it in the language that we've been able to do it, it opens this up. It opens the world of affirmations up to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool. It's a really cool thing. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, you kind of already do with people you like you get on Amazon. It's like every word has, or every book has some kind of profane word in it. Right. And like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be helpful or valuable, but, we've been able to do a little bit of mixing that in with really good witty humor that makes people think deeply. And, and I think that, uh, it's been cool. It's, it's, it's fun. I like doing That's fantastic, it. man. That, I like, I like that you are, that you, you seem so focused on building something that's, that's actually going to be, have a positive impact on the world around you. You know, I, I I'm, no. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> why else, you know, why else do we come to this amazing spaceship called earth? Yeah, man, because I, I, I know I'm guilty of falling into that trap of, you know, it's all about how much, how much is, how much stuff do I have when I kick it? You know, how much, how yeah. big is my bank account when I fall over one day? And uh, did I win? And who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a big, I had a big struggle with that for a long time. And then I, when I 
left Kentucky and quit my job. I sold everything that I had. I used to have a four bedroom house. I had yeah. five fish tanks. I had five TVs like, and I, and I moved into basically what fit into my car. Yeah. And ever since then, it's been like remarkable, a lot more focused, but then you, you, it's hedonic adaptation again. Like you get in that position and you still start running into similar problems. Right. It wasn't until I did, like I went down to, and, and I did some plant medicine ceremonies and some ayahuasca stuff that just completely shifted my perspective on everything when it comes to materials. Yeah. And not necessarily that materials are or good are good or bad, but they are just like money, right? They are just tools. And so it doesn't necessarily matter what you have. It's more about, does it have value and, and does it contribute to what you're in per a library of 6,000 books that all are right in alignment with who you want to be. And it's amazing, but you can have a library of 6,000 books that are talking about like, you know, how to milk a, a donkey wangs or something and, and <laughs> you know, nope. i was wondering where it was going to end up <laughs> once I you started i thought all right but then i couldn't think of anything <laughs> <else>. <laughs> yeah i knew it was going somewhere fun um <laughs> yes uh and that's you know i'm gonna i'm gonna roll i'm gonna try to loop this back to to because you know the audience is mostly writers um right. And I think that where this comes is like we start this career generally, uh, I think people, a lot of people get into writing and publishing thinking they're going to be the next Stephen King or the next John Grisham or something. They're going to own a castle, uh, you know, an imported castle in Florida, like, like Tony Robbins or something like that, you know? Um, and I don't think that that's impossible by any means. I think that it's entirely possible to have that kind of life, but I'm not, I feel like that's not, that's the way you get there isn't by saying I'm going to write until I'm rich. It's more about how much value are you bringing to the world with what you're creating? Uh, and then that value gets reciprocated is the way I, that's the way it's worked for me anyway. <laughs> 100% man. Like you're dead on. I don't even have to add anything to it. Like it, it's really just, if you follow your highest purpose and your highest excitement, like mm -hmm. I think, that, I think that money will follow. You know, it's like, yeah. if you're doing what you're here to do, if you're doing what's in alignment with you, that doesn't cause you misery and stress, like your body and your mind tell you if you're not in alignment, yeah. you know, when you're out doing things that you love, you don't feel like you're sick. You know, you don't feel like you're suffering. And there's a reason for that because your body works with you and your, your gut works with you. It's, it's just like most of us only, we get stuck in our head and our heart. There's like this, this caught it's like junior high prom between the two of them, right? Where the head's like, I don't know, baby, I'm worried. And the heart's like, just trust me, honey. And the head's like, I can't, I just, there's too much stuff going on. And the heart's like, oh, it'll all be beautiful. But like at the whole time, your, your gut is in the corner, like smoking a cigar. And it's like, if right. you guys would just shut the hell up, I'll show you where the treasure map is. And right. forget about that intuition. Like if it excites you and you truly love it, then follow it. And that, that you know, the monetary stuff, if you are open to receiving it, will come into your life between yeah. people, networking, opportunities, all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay, I want to ask you about your, your podcast because I was kind of scanning through your uh, some of the episodes. You've got some on your uh, site. You guys are really great. You have some interesting guests. Uh, tell me how that got started. I know you, you talked a little bit about this already, but, but tell me specifically about never stop peaking. Yeah. Jared, uh, you should listen to that Jared episode. If you want, you, you do this guy, you should have him on your show for sure. Um, 
do you do you know? I'll take anybody you want to throw my way. So I'll talk. Actually, maybe I should ask you about this after the show. He, do you know Chase Reeves? Not Fizzle. He does the internet marketing stuff at Fizzle. Well, okay. I'll. I'll, He he lives with a guy named Chase, who's also brilliant. They're both kind of amazing that you should talk to. But never stop peeking, um, dude. So I did the first podcast, and I kind of explained how that got started before, and then I. I got away from it because I needed to focus on, on writing and building some things out. And I wanted to rebrand the way that I was going to do my, my stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love podcasting and it was really hard for me to figure out how to like, to make it sustainable. And I learned how to do a lot of systemizing because of the first one. But I decided that when I shut that first one down, that if I came back and I launched a new one, that it was going to be just like higher consciousness type of conversations that I really really want to be in um with not necessarily like a particular subject but all of it is is very inspirational but it goes really really deep and it was an area of my life that i felt like i was missing because i'm not always around people that i can have super deep conversations with right and it was and it was a way for me to to kind of put that into the world and and start trying some different things out um so there's a lot of really really deep long conversations on there they go up to two, three hours sometimes. Um, but there's also great nuggets at the beginnings of me just like ranting motivational stuff. Um, kind of like the same material that's in my cards and yeah. then a lot of music stuff that I do, uh, in collaboration. So it is about personal optimization in the higher consciousness of the mind, but we do get into a lot of talks with psychedelics, um, and habit forming and just, anything that you can do to keep yourself in alignment with your higher self. So it's not nearly as big as my old show because I don't market it as much. And, right. and Apple really changed a lot of stuff since I launched the last one. Yeah. But it's very cool. It's like, it's kind of like just a, a warming, amazing thing to have and, and, a, and a great place to come and, and talk to people. So. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's so a lot of that is the same reason I started this show. So I, I started this show mostly give me an excuse to talk to you know, guys like you or, Honore or, you know, uh, authors I really dig and follow. So, and there's a lot to be gained from having those conversations and sharing them with other people is just kind of a bonus. <laughs> Dude, it is, it, you know, every single, every time anything that I can do touches somebody and it helps them in a positive way. It just, yeah. it makes me so happy. But at the same time, it's like, we're getting that from everybody else too. Like, I don't know how many of, yeah. of your episodes I've listened to and just been like, ah, oh, like there's a nugget right there. Right. And, huh. um, it's a cool, it's a cool thing to have on both ends, like being yeah. somebody who does one, but also just being an audience member who loves podcasts as well. And, and all the right. things that we can share from it and media in general, but, um, yeah, yeah it's, right. it's a good, it's a good game to be playing. It is a good game. And one I play a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right man good at it uh so we are at time unfortunately because uh, i have enjoyed the hell out of this uh chat but um why don't you tell people where they can find you and uh never stop peeking and all the good stuff that you're doing yeah my personal hub is just heatharmstrong.com heath is spelled like heath ledger the legend, um, the legend. and ragecreate.com is where we have the decks and then if you want to watch the promo video for it it's actually pretty funny <laughs> I'm proud of it. At least. I didn't it's see on the, the page at, at okay. ragecreate.com. And, um, 
Yeah, and Never Stop Peaking's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Just search my name or search Never Stop Peaking. It should show up. It's like a space background. Yeah. And I'm on Instagram, basically, is my only social place. I'm on Facebook, too, but um, at Heath Fist Pumps. And we also have a Rage Create account that's really bad right now, but I'm revamping it, so it should be better. <laughs> I hear you. I have, uh, I've been peeling away from Facebook and Twitter and things like that. I just, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's all so negative now, man. I just can't do it anymore. It is, but <clears throat> I have like, I'm a huge Graham Hancock fan. Yeah, I same yeah no, I, I'm right. Yeah. I don't know. You, <laughs> you might even be able to see him. I've got like four of his books back on that shelf. Dude, right there. Yeah, oh, dude. Uh, I got to meet him like uh, on his book tour oh, ago. I'm jealous. And I talked to him a little bit about ayahuasca. I actually got to talk to him for a while, but then. I also run a Graham Hancock fan page on Instagram and like, that's really what I get excited for. Okay. Yeah. I just jumped on there and we're starting it out and like, it's going pretty See, well. So I wish we had talked about that before <laughs> the show. Cause then we could have talked about Graham Hancock and all the fingerprints of the gods and all that uh, stuff, dude, man. Another, another episode, I guess. Another yeah, episode. My show and talk about it if you want. Cause it's a great show. Well, I'll, I'll come on your show. I'll be yeah. there. Uh, all right, man. My buddies who, who helps run the account with me because he's real into it too. I mean, everybody should be. Guy's a legend. You should you should pay attention to Graham Hancock. I, I've, I've said should. this for years. Half my books are probably based on things I've read in Graham Hancock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. It's, it's the realest of the real, man, you know? It's I agree. so good. I agree. So. Some people don't agree, but I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I do, I, I'm uh, 100% genuinely uh, happy that you reached out. <laughs> yeah, big love, dude. I, I love making these connections, so I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, me too. All right. You stick around for a second. Everybody else, uh, you're probably hearing the Groovy Bridge music. You may dance in place at will. And if you stick around, I'm sure to have some, some short, sweet nugget of wisdom after the break. So we'll see you on the other side. Hey, you're looking for a jump on your own indie author career, but kind of confused about where to start? I got the place for you. Check out Draft to Digital. That's where you're going to be able to convert your manuscript, distribute it worldwide online, and get help the whole way from the best author support there is. Trust me on this one. So go check out Draft to Digital at drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Heath Armstrong. I had a great time chatting with him. Uh, what a what a great way to start a new year. <laughs> what, uh, and I don't know uh, what your plans are for the uh, for 2020. Are you setting goals? I I like to set goals just like everybody else. I uh, posted the other day on my blog, um, which is the Written World. Uh, blog uh <laughs> on my website at kevintumbleson.com uh i posted about uh how i don't do resolutions how i do instead i i like to um do commitments uh and i know it sounds like a maybe it sounds like a semantic kind of difference but um what i do is decide uh this is what i'm gonna commit to this year my word for the year by the way is commitment uh commitment is something we tend to shy away from we tend to be a little bit afraid of, uh, but I wanted to encourage people to, you know, the resolution thing, it, it's like, you know, we stack too many things on top of each other, right? We, um, we're going to, I resolve, I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to lose, a, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to, you know, 
write a book in, in you know 10 days or whatever um we tend to overstack all that stuff commitment though uh is something you you can prove like commitment you show uh, by doing it, by actually doing it. So instead of talking about it, I, I, I encourage you not to talk about this, <laughs> this thing that you want to do, but instead use that energy, go out and start doing it. So if you're going to write a book this year, if you haven't already, if you're going to write a book in a month or, a, or 10 days or whatever your time frame is, uh, don't tell anyone you're going to do it. Just go do it. Start now. Don't wait. And then knock it out and then tell everybody, look what I did. Because the energy comes from, you know, that statement. It comes from, if you say, look what I'm going to do, you've spent the currency, okay? You've, you've blown your wad. You've, you've used up all the energy that could help motivate you. <laughs> but if you show people what you did, you get to reclaim that energy and then use it on the next project. So don't talk to people about your goals. You can talk to some people. There are some people who can encourage you and help you. But for the most part, um, you really shouldn't tell people your goals. Just go out and commit to them and do them. And then show them the commitment. Even if you haven't accomplished the goal yet, but you 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 can demonstrably show the commitment. That will help motivate and energize you. So that is my parting advice and wisdom for uh, this episode of the Word Slinger podcast. Um some real quick stuff. Uh, check out, I just did like earlier today, 9 a.m. today precisely, I did a, um, a premiere on YouTube. Only four people showed up, but that's okay. And I was one of them. That's okay too. Uh, <laughs> but it was the premiere for the video version of my Written World podcast, which you can find when you go to writtenworld.us. Doesn't matter what part of the world you're from, just go to writtenworld.us. It'll take you to Right now, it probably takes you to my homepage, kevinthompson.com. But if you uh, look around on the menu or scroll down the page, you'll find the podcast. Several audio episodes are already up. Got a new one releasing next week. Um, This is the first video version. And I'm going to go back and do videos for each of them as I go. Uh, I'm, kind of, I'm getting a grip on uh, how to how to handle uh, video and that sort of thing. I want to do more of that, including for this show. So be on the lookout. Things are coming. Things are changing. Uh, so go check out writtenworld.us. Uh, and uh, if you can, if you don't mind, go to um, YouTube. Search for me. Find my channel. This is the easiest way I've found so far. I'll, I'll try to put a uh, link in the show notes of this episode, but go uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. I'm trying to hit a thousand subscribers. Uh, there's also the Wordslinger podcast channel, which you can also subscribe to since you are a listener. I'm going to be uh, starting starting that up again. Uh, I fell behind. I know. <laughs> I didn't quite fall behind. I sort of abandoned it because it just was so much extra work, but I'm going to I'm, I'm getting systems in place to make this easier. So, um, but if you will go and uh, subscribe at least to Ke- the Kevin Tomlinson YouTube channel, uh, it will help me out a lot. And tell other folks about it. I'm going to start posting all kinds of stuff on that channel. I've already started, and I think it's going to grow as we go. Uh, and I can't wait to see what turns of it. So help me reach my 1,000 subscriber first benchmark so that I can start doing things like monetizing and using some of the other features, putting links in the videos and things like that. So... 
that will help me out a lot, and I really appreciate it. Uh, you can find practically everything I'm talking about if you go to kevintumlinson.com or wordslingerpodcast.com or writtenworld.us. we got a whole slew of them now. Uh, and stay tuned uh, in the future. Roland Denzel and I are still working on the launch of uh, indieauthorblueprint.com. This is a lot of URLs for you to remember. <laughs> We've got some, I got some big, amazing stuff coming this year. And so just get ready. You're going to hear a whole lot of URLs. <laughs> so God bless you. Take care of yourself. Um, I hope you have, I hope you're having a wonderful new year so far. And I'm, I'm my very best for you. Uh, I wish you the best. Pray for the best for you over 2020 and beyond. I hope you have a health, healthy, happy, safe uh, year. And uh, can't wait to I can't wait to see what comes up. Can't wait to see what we discover together. So take care. And I'll see you next time. Word slinger.